Hello everybody and welcome in to episode number 76 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading 1 Samuel chapter 9 today and our focus is on Samuel the prophet and how he attempted to mentor Saul, the first king of Israel, and to teach him how to hear the word of God. Perhaps you've heard the expression before that some of God's greatest mercies to us are in the prayers he does not answer in the affirmative. I know that there are a lot of requests that I have made of God that were just not the right thing, and I'm glad he did not answer those requests. That's grace. But sometimes God does allow us to have our desires, even when those desires are not the right thing. And we see an example of this in the first king of Israel, Saul. Samuel was the de facto human leader in Israel prior to the institution of the monarchy, and he was a mighty man of God. Almost nothing negative is said about Samuel in the Bible. He's one of the few people where we just don't hear a lot of negative things about. He walked in integrity and loved God greatly. However, as he got older, his sons Joel and Abijah were preparing to lead or judge the people in the place of their father, and unfortunately for reasons the Bible never really goes into, Joel and Abijah were corrupt and wicked, terrible leaders. Now, this was something of a catalyst for the people of God to ask for a king to lead them instead, like the other nations. Samuel disagreed with this and made this known to God in 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 6, where we read, The Israelites said, Give us a king to judge us. Samuel considered their demand wrong, so he prayed to the Lord, but the Lord told him, Listen to the people and everything they say to you. They have not rejected you. They have rejected me as their king. They are doing the same thing to you that they have done to me since the day I brought them out of Egypt until this day, abandoning me and worshiping other gods. Listen to them, but solemnly warn them and tell them about the customary rights of the king who will reign over them. Well, God and Samuel both know that this request of the Israelites would bring great trouble to the country. What God knew, but Samuel didn't know, was that God was going to work through this flawed monarchy system to bring about the advent of his son into the world, the son of David, the real king of kings, Jesus. So Samuel was opposed to the idea of Israel having a king. He knew it would go badly, but he still obeyed the Lord. Further, he endeavored to mentor and serve and help King Saul and seemed to genuinely love him. How often, when things don't go our way, do we get whiny and pout and kind of make things worse by our bad attitude? But Samuel wasn't like this. I heard an interview on a sports podcast I listened to this week that has some actual similarities to this situation. Back in, I think it was 2003, John Kitna was the starting quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals when they drafted Carson Palmer out of Southern Cal first overall at quarterback. Now, rather than whine and complain, Kitna actually mentored Palmer and helped turn him into a great quarterback who took the job from Kitna in 2004. It was great to hear John Kitna on that very secular podcast talk about his Christian faith so openly, and it was obvious that the host was really impressed at how Kitna put the team first and didn't behave in a selfish way. It kind of seemed to blow his mind. And I want to be very clear, Kitna wasn't tooting his own horn. The host did. The host who swears a lot and doesn't believe in God, really. He was impressed at how Kitna did that. And much more so, Samuel served Saul well and tried to show him the way to go. 
we see the very beginnings of this in the last verse of our chapter today. So as I read it, pay really close attention in particular to that last verse, which is our verse of the day. 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1, the Christian Standard Bible. There was a prominent man of Benjamin named Kish, son of Abiel, son of Zeror, son of Bacharath, son of Abiah, son of a Benjaminite. He had a son named Saul, an impressive young man. There was no one more impressive among the Israelites than he. He stood a head taller than anyone else. One day, the donkeys of Saul's father Kish wandered off, and Kish said to his son Saul, Take one of the servants with you and go look for the donkeys. Saul and his servant went through the hill country of Ephraim and then through the region of Shalishah, but they didn't find them. They went through the region of Shalim, nothing. Then they went through the Benjaminite region, but still didn't find them. When they came to the land of Zuth, Saul said to the servant who was with him, Come on, let's go back or my father will stop worrying about the donkeys and start worrying about us. Look, the servant said, There's a man of God in this city who is highly respected. Everything he says is sure to come true. Let's go there now. Maybe he'll tell us which way we should go. Suppose we do go, Saul said to his servant. What do we take to the man? The food from our packs is gone and there's no gift to take to the man of God. What do we have? The servant answered Saul, Here, I have a little silver. I'll give it to the man of God and he will tell us which way we should go. Formerly in Israel, a man who was going to inquire of God would say, Come, let's go to the seer, for the prophet of today was formerly called the seer. Good, Saul replied to his servant. Come on, let's go. So they went to the city where the man of God was, and they were climbing the hill to the city. They found some young women coming out to draw water and asked, Is the seer near? The women answered, Yes, he's ahead of you. Hurry, he just now entered the city because there's a sacrifice for the people at the high place today. As soon as you enter the city, you will find him before he goes to the high place to eat. The people won't eat until he comes because he must bless the sacrifice. After that, the guests can eat. Go up immediately. You can find him now. So they went up towards the city. Saul and his servant were entering the city when they saw Samuel coming toward them on his way to the high place. Now the day before Saul's arrival, the Lord had informed Samuel, at this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him ruler over my people Israel. He will save them from the Philistines because I have seen the affliction of my people for their cry has come to me. When Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said to him, Here is the man I told you about. He will govern my people. Saul approached Samuel in the city gate and asked, Would you please tell me where the seer's house is? I am the seer, Samuel answered. Go up ahead of me to the high place and eat with me today. When I send you off in the morning, I'll tell you everything that's in your heart. As for the donkeys that wandered away from you three days ago, don't worry about them because they've been found. And who does all Israel desire but you and all your father's family? Saul responded, Am I not a Benjaminite from the smallest of Israel's tribes? And isn't my clan the least important of all the clans of the Benjaminite tribe? So why have you said something like this to me? Samuel took Saul and his servant, brought him to the banquet hall, and gave them a place at the head of the the 30 or so men who had been invited. Then Samuel said to the cook, Get the portion of meat that I gave you and told you to set aside. The cook picked up the thigh and what was attached to it and set it before Saul. Then Samuel said, Notice that the reserved piece is set before you. Eat it because it was saved for you for this solemn event. At the time I said, I've invited the people. So Saul ate with Samuel that day. Afterward, they went down from the high place to the city 
and Samuel spoke with Saul on the roof. They got up early, and just before dawn, Samuel called to Saul on the roof, Get up, and I'll send you on your way. Saul got up, and both he and Samuel went outside. As they were going down to the edge of the city, Samuel said to Saul, Tell the servant to go on ahead of us, but you stay for a while, and I'll reveal the word of God to you. So the servant went on. So here's our verse of the day. It's chapter 9, verse 27. I'm going to read it in the King James Version because I really love the rendering that's there. And as they were still going to the end of the city, Samuel said to Saul, Bid the servant pass on before us. And he passed on, but stand still a while that I may show thee the word of God. And here is Charles Spurgeon on the reverence that Samuel gave to God's word and how you and I can learn from this and listen to God's word also. Samuel and Saul, said Spurgeon, had been walking quietly down the hill till they came to the last house in the town. And when they had gone fairly into the fields, he said, stand still for a while, as much as to say, I have somewhat important to say, and you will catch it better if you are quiet and motionless as to your body, but especially if your mind can be still. Forget that donkeys, the donkeys that you sought after in your father's house and all your home concerns and listen to me. It is a very desirable thing when we are listening to the good news to let it have its full effect upon us, to give our minds up to it and say, let it come like the dew and soak into my mind as the dew into Gideon's fleece. Let it come like a shower and let it enter into my very nature as the rain into the clods which are softened by the gentle influence of the showers. I pray you bask in the gospel as men do in the sunlight when they would be warm. Let the gospel have its own legitimate, legitimate effect upon you. Lay bare your chest to it. Ask that your soul may have no stone of carelessness laid upon it as though it were a dead thing in a sepulcher, but that it may come forth in resurrection life through the quickening word of the divine spirit. Is not this what the word of God deserves? Should it not have our living, loving attention? When God speaks, let all be silent. Hush, ye senators, if God speaks, sit still, ye princes, if the king of kings lifts up his voice. Quiet even ye celestial choirs if Jehovah speaks. An obedient homage should be paid to the voice of God by the deep awe and reverence of the Spirit. Do you ever get alone and sit still and say as Samuel did in the dead of night, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. If you never do that, little child Samuel may well rebuke you. He was willing that God should speak to him, but oh, we are so busy, so busy, so sadly busy. I have heard that the great clock at St. Paul's can scarcely be heard in Cheapside by reason of the traffic that is going by, and so the most solemn voices are drowned amidst the din and uproar of our business, and we do not often hear God's voice unless we are accustomed to give ourselves a little quiet and holy stillness and sit in our chamber alone and say, Now, Lord, commune with me. Amen. Good words from Brother Spurgeon. We close with our memory verse for March, Hebrews 7.25. Therefore, Jesus is able to save completely those who come to God through him, since he always lives to intercede for them. Amen and amen. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.